your turn to... Oh, is it for me? Consider yourself fired. Why are you winking at me? Consider yourself fired. Hello, and welcome to the JT and Drew Show. I'm JT. And I'm Drew. And we're two nobodies talking about nothing. Nothing. Consider yourself fired. Um, hey, JT. Hey, what's up, man? Just want to uh, welcome you back to the show. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah. No, thanks for letting me uh, walk in, and uh, thanks for unlocking the door. Yeah, well, I need someone to clean the place up when I'm done, so. Um, we have Jesse for that. Oh, I forget about him. He stays in that corner. Yeah. That's where you put him. Yeah. But hey, I wanted to uh, let you know that we do have a special guest tonight. Yeah. And this isn't just any special guest. This is a, a small town girl living oh. in a great big world. Really? Yes. Let's welcome her to the show. Yep, let's welcome Anna on the show. Hi, guys. Anna, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. It's nice to be yeah, here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for putting up with us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, uh, yeah, also thanks for agreeing to do this. Um, um, we'll make the payments afterwards. Oh, yeah. I um, I can't wait to see what that's going to be. <laughs> Usually with JT, it's just like peanuts or something, but... We'll see. Yeah. Go to a ballpark and get your peanut. Yeah. Or payday. Candy bar. I'm not going to turn either one of those down. So. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) All right. Well, we would like to kind of get to know you a little bit. Kind of introduce you to the the audience. Um, Just get to know a little bit about you. Who is Anna? Mm. Okay. Very so important if question. you want to start, maybe just a little bit of your background, who you are, maybe where you're from, um, and then we'll just, we'll, we'll go from there. Absolutely. Um, well, you kind of mentioned it before, small town kid. I am from a small town in Kansas, a type of place that has, you know, one stoplight. And we got that when I was a senior in high school. Um, so, oh, you know. Wow. A million That's years what I'm ago talking for about. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm from a big family. Um, I have seven siblings and, you know, I got to grow up kind of uh, in a beautiful location, somewhere I really enjoy going back to and I'm very thankful to call home. And then uh, the great big world was calling for me and so I wanted to go explore it and through that, I uh, after school I went to uh, Kansas State for speech pathology, and then joined the Air Force through ROTC, and was picked up for pilot training. And it was just one adventure after the next. Wow, that's great! Yeah, that that's a lot to unpack. And I've got a quick question: um, getting that that uh, light signal or stoplight. Um, did you have a hard time driving in the rest of the States when you were getting around and about after you graduated? You know, it was something they definitely covered in, uh, training. They were like, guys, there's this new invention. It's hot. You're going to love it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) other people have had it, but this is Mm -hmm. a first for us. Yeah. Holy mackerel. Oh, cool. 
<laughs> so you said you went to college at Kansas State for uh, speech pathology? Mm-hmm. I Talk did. a little bit about that. So growing up, I was fortunate to be uh, a model uh, student for my younger brother. He was, he is um, wonderful and is communicative and very expressive, but uh, when he was younger, he was nonverbal. He was born with Down syndrome, and so he was in speech classes all of my childhood, and I was fortunate enough to be a part of that and communicate with him and really see how it worked firsthand as a kid. And so when I grew up, I think I knew by the time I was, you know, five or six, like that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I went to school for it, and I really enjoyed college from that aspect of it was something I wanted to study and I was very grateful because I had a lot of friends that were getting degrees so that they could pursue you know becoming a pilot or you know just trying to find a job that would financially set them up for success whether it was something they were passionate about or not and for me it was kind of a perfect blend of I was very passionate about it and I really believed in it. So uh, speech pathology was a very good fit for me. Well, that's yeah, good. Sounds like it. <clears throat> sounds like it. Um, was, was the goal always to go to Kansas State? Um, actually, so I'm from Lawrence, Kansas. Um, and my parents are about 20 minutes away and... I grew up going to the speech clinic there just through my little brother. So I had, you know, I knew most of the professors there at the time and it wasn't necessarily the plan to go to Kansas state, but the older I got, I realized how close KU was to my home and to my parents. (laughs) And I love my mom and dad, but I needed a little bit more space. So that's why I chose K state and when I went and visited to see their program, it fit me very, very well. Well, neat. Well, that's great. You wanted to do the the speech pathology route um, was, and you mentioned ROTC, was that something that, hey, I wanna do ROTC regardless and, and pick a career that route, or was it you were going to Kansas, um, doing your speech pathology stuff, and this is something that popped up and interested you, or how, how did that come about? So ROTC for me was definitely something I knew about from my older brother. He is in the Army, and when he went through, um, it paid for his school. And when I went through ROTC, it was during sequestration, so it was kind of just an additional class for me because it didn't end up actually paying for my school because there wasn't funding at the time that I went through. But I had the desire to serve at that point in time. And my brother called me and was like, don't join the army, join the air force. Like this is something that like, I think that you should do. And so I took his advice and did air force ROTC. It would have been really nice for the school portion to have been taken care of as well, but 
I already had it kind of in my heart to like, this is something I wanted to do. And I ended up getting my degree in what I originally intended to go to school for. And then, you know, my junior year, I applied for all of the rated positions and I was picked up for uh, the pilot slot. And they give you, I think like a week or two weeks to accept or decline. And I went home and talked to my parents about it and said, I was given this opportunity. This wasn't necessarily the plan or what I thought I would be doing uh, at all. And my parents were supportive. They asked me how, you know, like what the end goal was, what I wanted, you know, after school, if this was going to be just a complete life change for me. And I just decided that it was too great an opportunity to turn down. And I think I basically told myself, like, I would be more upset to have not tried it than to have tried it and changed my mind later on. So I said yes and ended up loving it and kind of going down that path that I did not intend to, but I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. I think uh, I think the kids at that time were probably saying, "Turn down for what?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that's awesome. Um, like you said, you know, an, an opportunity not wasted. And I think a lot of time people find themselves in those situations and they talk themselves out of it. Or you know, like you had your original goal. Hey, I'm going to go be a speech pathologist. I'm kind of interested in this thing. You could have hey, I'm done with this, I'm going to go to grad school now, and, you know, had a totally different life, but the route that you took led you to many different, more adventures and different opportunities and all that kind of stuff, so that's really neat. It really did, and I'm very humbled by it. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Uh, While it was unexpected and, you know, something that, like, I worked really hard to get there, it was not ever something I felt, you know, I deserved or like this was the was end goal entitled the to you and of like exactly what I wanted. It was like an opportunity that I still to this day, I'm grateful that I was given. Were there a lot of, um, of your peers, other classmates, uh, from your town that ended up joining, serving, going out or, or a lot of them still back home or from high school? Yeah. There there were a few of us. Uh, I'm from a relatively small class. There, I think I was 84 or 86 graduates. Um, and there was a handful of us that served. Uh, I had a buddy that went to the Marines, uh, a few that went into the army and actually one of my childhood best friends, she commissioned through OTS and actually is stationed in Omaha and works on the RC 135, which was really cool. Uh, kind of a small, small world you know we grew up a mile apart um so that was you know that was somebody that I can now speak the same language (laughs) as uh, and I'm grateful that she's kind of in it as well so going through all of this you had mentioned that you get a couple weeks to decide when they presented you with the pilot slot is that something like hey uh 
you know what what airframe you're going to go to or is it just hey we're going to train you as a pilot you'll figure out the rest later or how how does that work so it is very much uh we're going to train you and then you'll find out later so when i went through um you go through initial initial flight training uh, out at pueblo colorado for the air force and you learn basically the basics of you know aerodynamics traffic pattern operations for flying uh, basic systems knowledge basic uh, and then the basics of how to take off go through an arrival and land uh, and it was all VFR work um, at that point and after IFT you go through T6s so you're all everybody that's gone is going through is going through the same exact process up to this point and then in T6s you do aerobatics you do instrument flight um, you do formation which is wildly fun. I really enjoyed that portion of it. And then after you accomplish um, your T6 training, towards the end of it, you go through something called track select. And so you can put in for three different options. So you can do helicopters, which means you'll go to an army base from that point on and train through their helicopter program. You can go through T-38s, which is a fighter track. If um, you are really geared and want to become a fighter pilot, uh, it's pretty competitive. And uh, a lot of people do, you know, want that because um, it's like the epitome of air, like military flying. And then the T-1, which is the aircraft that I was selected for. And that's what I wanted because I wanted to fly C-130s after I had like basically made the commitment in my mind to enter into pilot training that I wanted to fly C-130s and then, you know, working really hard and, you know, the classmates that I had and all the instructors, like I was fortunate enough to do that. Um, but when you enter in like (laughs) there, you go through a track select to like figure out what you're going to fly. And it's at that point, your kind of path is laid out in front of you of like, okay, here are your options get a little bit more narrow, but you have, you know, if you go T1s the way I did, I was going to fly heavy aircraft, whether that be C-130s, C-17s, any tanker or a C-5, um, and then fighter pilots or T-38s typically go fighter track or bomber track from there. And then helicopters go off and fly helicopters around the world. Yeah, that's um, <clears throat> very much different than JT's in my experience, for sure. Well, one hundred percent. But yeah, that that's really uh, that's really neat how they kind of, like you said, you you kind of get options and then it narrows down. But they, it's like the roadmap is laid out for you. That's really neat how they develop you that way. They d- it is it's a very interesting process, and you know you towards the end of your time in pilot training, you put in your preferences. They give you, mm-hmm. they call it a dream sheet, the way, you know, people would get for like base assignments, but it's, you know, what airframe you'd like to fly. And then it tells you kind of where they're, co- where they're located at. And you, ra- you rack and stack them, you rank them to, you know, what you are hopeful for. And then they base it on your class rank. And, you know, some people have extenuating circumstances that push them into one place or the other. And so... Uh, it's, it's definitely 
a grind to try to set yourself up for success to get what you are hopeful for. But it, it does sound like if you're a, a hard charger, go getter, you're willing to put the work in, you have a chance. Uh, you definitely do. You have a chance, but <laughs> the Air Force is all, you know, luck and timing and needs of the Air Force. So even the things that you might want might not even be an option for you to choose. Um, I was mm. fortunate enough to have two C-130s on mine. Um, and that was my number one and number two. And I was just so you, you, fortunate. Uh, <clears throat> you came in to ROTC and to the flight training and all this stuff, zero experience how to fly. You didn't have your private pilot license or anything. None. I was and, the poster child for now, never doing it. <laughs> and now you're an instructor pilot. Yes, I am. How does that feel? I, again, I'm grateful. Uh, it was a lot of work, a lot of dedicated time. And my instructors, my fellow co-pilots, my aircraft commanders I flew with, like every flight was, you know, a learning experience. And then, you know, internalizing the lessons learned that like I haven't gone through myself, but all the, all of the stories, all of the time, you know, around people debriefing and talking about flying. And I know at least from, you know, a pilot perspective how our family members can just tune us out because <laughs> it's mm. all we talk about and it's a constant conversation that sometimes can be a little overwhelming even to pilots uh well one one thing that i like um from being up in the office and i have no aviation background but one thing i really like seeing is the community amongst the pilots and how not everyone, but a, a lot of y'all are helping each other and helping each other grow. And hey, let me share this with you or, or you share this with me or what can I do better? And, and that kind of iron sharpening iron concept. I think that's really neat. Mm -hmm. It's pretty you incredible. You didn't get a lot of that. Yeah, you didn't get a lot of that in our career field. No, it was dog eat dog. Uh, who, who do I need to step on so that I can push myself Get to higher. the top. Yeah. But, but one last question I have for you. Um, going through all of this experiences, college, ROTC, pilot training, making your way, climbing up the ladder to become an instructor pilot and everything as a female officer and pilot in the air force, have you noticed or gone through or felt, or, or I don't know what the right term is, but were there certain obstacles or do you feel like, man, I, I would have got more respect if, or I missed these opportunities because I'm a female or because I'm being overlooked because of X, Y, Z. Did you, did you personally feel any of that or, or have you seen any of that? I have been fortunate in training to have not felt that way. I've had different kind of setbacks um, and experiences that have shaped me. But for my abilities in flying and for the opportunities that I've gotten to pursue, that I've been able to pursue, I don't think that I necessarily had that. I think the culture at Vance and in Little Rock 
and you know all the assignments I've been given work wise when it comes to flying ability I I have not felt that per se I have always been I have felt that I've always been treated as you know I'm a student first and foremost in that regard and being a student that is dedicated to getting better I think is what was important to my instructors and Mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily female focused for my flying ability because it's very much a mental gymnastic experience that you're going through trying to develop your skills trying to push yourself to be better and I don't think that my gender played a role in that I think my gender has (laughs) had impacts on other portions of my Air Force career and I've had experiences that have not always been positive but flying has been flying. And honestly, even to this day, it is my favorite part. Um, it's a, it is something I always look forward to and find a lot of joy in doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, that, that's awesome that you haven't had that, <clears throat> those kind of setbacks or experiences when, when it comes to flying. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very um, grateful for that because I know that's not the case for everyone, male or female, Sure, but it, from my my experience alone, I, that yeah. has not impacted it. I had talked to a uh, a female fighter pilot, and her experience was a little different. And you know, I, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I know she had felt more um, lack of respect. Maybe her peers not uh, uh, respecting her as much because she was a female fighter pilot. Um, but I mean, like you mentioned, if you're capable, if you can do the job, if you're learning and you're willing and you're pushing and you're doing the same thing that the other person is doing, you know, inside the plane, I don't know, outside of the plane, um, how all that stuff factors. But I know she particularly <clears throat> had had made comments here and there about being the only female uh, in like debriefs and um, just made it sound like there was a... a an air of, I don't know if awkwardness is the right word or just kind of, I don't belong here was the Mm -hmm. feeling. I think Um, a lot of the times inclusion is a thing and feeling like you belong um, when you are the only female in the room. Um, I have been in that spot a lot, several times. Um, Mm -hmm. And it can be, challenging because sometimes you don't realize how much community you miss out on until you kind of get a girl group and then you're like oh my gosh this feels like I belong in a different way and I can definitely empathize with that female how that would feel Uh, but not necessarily through training I had a female in my class and then when I went through C-130 school my I was a one of two people in it and the other person was also female And then I have been very fortunate to have female encouragement along the way, but I do have friends that have experienced that. And I know that that is a very real thing um, and a very real experience. But again, (laughs) and it's just something that fortunately I haven't felt that isolation and that separation and for the people that do feel that way about, you know, expectations for 
females, if they feel that way, you know, that's a bias that they have that is, you know, just like an education piece over time, like they're going to realize that those women are very capable and that they're able to rise to the challenge. And then that's something that individual has to, you know, reevaluate within themselves and be like, oh, I was wrong. Or why did I have that stereotype? And what can I do to change for the better? Because I mean, (laughs) we deserve to be here and like, it takes a lot of work. So a lot of us are really proud of that accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. As you should be. You should be. So uh, I've I've been here the whole time. I'm enjoying the conversation that uh, you two are having. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask one thing. And this might be the only question I get an opportunity to ask. But Anna, what is your future plan? You talk about how you love the C130 community and uh, everything like that. What are the plans? Are you planning on sticking around for the next 10 or 20 years, maybe retiring out of the military? What's the plan? Because if this is something that you are wanting to do, have you thought that far ahead? Is that something that kind of rattles around in the brain a little bit? It's, uh, it definitely rattles around. Um, <laughs> you know, if my commander listens to this, and <laughs> it's, you know, part of, ends up being part of my game plan. Uh, that would be a funny <laughs> deliverance of like, hey, here's you know my hopes and dreams <laughs> out there. <laughs> we'll put uh, in a for you. I have always gone into it with the mindset of I want to do the best that I can, and I want to make the environment that I'm in better than what I found it. The phrase you know bloom where you planted is where you're planted is something I definitely want to do and I'm not so focused on you know what the end goal is uh I'm I try to keep it in perspective of you know my next assignment and then kind of almost a little bit like assignment by assignment with the realistic expectation of I always want to be I always want to feel like I'm contributing and that my time is being valued and that I'm doing something that is making the Air Force better, making in a better environment, making it a place people want to come and work and be a part of. And if I can do that, I think that, you know, reaffirms, you know, my, my commitment to the Air Force, my desire to get people the education they need, the resources they need, the path that, you know, isn't always the easiest to support them along the way. Uh, I don't necessarily have, like, this is exactly what I'm going to do and this is where I want to end up and have that all figured out, but I definitely want, I want it to be a good experience and I want it to be something that is valued and that is bringing value to other people. Um, I think that's a very political answer, like a politically correct answer in the sense of that sounds really nice, but sometimes, I mean, that's how I feel, but sometimes it is harder to see the bigger picture, especially when, you know, you're in a grind and you're worn out or you haven't necessarily seen like the fruits of your labor for a long time. 
So there are definitely times where I am discouraged and I, you know, feel more lost than not, but all in all, it's been positive. And when I take a step back and, you know, recharge myself in different ways, like I do see myself staying for an extended period of time, as long as they'll have me. And well, also, and as long as you're still enjoying it, because I think that's um, a big part of it. Yeah, I do too. I agree. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm popping away from the mic. Go ahead. Okay, good. <clears throat> All right. Now let's get uh, let's get deep and personal with Anna. Oh. So behind me is door number one. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> um, so. We've been talking about your military career, your college career, and all the stuff, but on a little bit more personal note, have you noticed that any of this has impacted your social life? Maybe, hey, when you go out and you meet new people, whether it's through the dating scene or just new friends or what have you, you know, hey, being a a female, well, that's a plus, obviously, but hey, I'm in the military. Or I'm a pilot in the military. Um, you know, have you had any weird interactions or people that have been um, turned off by that notion? Mm-hmm. I think I'm a more reserved person. Uh, I typically... So you don't go to the bar? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's not... <laughs> Uh, I mean, my mom will probably listen to this and she'll be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, I, I mean, I go out. I definitely meet people. Um, and, you know, it's the standard, you know, where are you from? What do you do? How do you spend your time? What do you what are your hobbies? And I try to feel the person out a little bit before I tell them what I do, because, you know, you don't know how it's going to be received. And I. In my experience, you know, if it's something that is intimidating, if this is, you know, someone I'm interested in, if they're sure. intimidated by it, um, it doesn't really pan out <laughs> because I can't change it about myself. And um, Nor should you. Yeah, I just, it's just something that is. And if they're excited about it or interested or intrigued, like I always answer questions. Um, but I have found that it is really person dependent and it's how, you know, they respond to it is, you know, I just accept, you know, they probably haven't met a female pilot or they don't know about the military. It's not even like the pilot part of it, uh, you know, a woman in the military. And, you know, that just, it doesn't necessarily dissuade me, but it's definitely something that comes up and it it is always different um overall i think it's positive i think people just are intrigued by it for the most part um or you know they're just like oh i didn't know that and then they become like a little unsure and that's fine i just i i i understand that like that that's okay with me and then i I just take it person by person, but I am very proud of what I do and there's nothing to change for someone else's comfort. Um, 
it's just who I am and what I chose to do with my life. And if they like it, cool. And if they don't, that's cool too. We probably won't date. That's, <laughs> that's great. Um, it sounds like what you said in a nutshell, <clears throat> excuse me, is that most of your clothes are made out of girlfriend material. <laughs> uh, how so? I tried to <laughs> not have him say that. Come on, man. I learn new words all the time. I have to put them in sentences to practice, okay? <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I think that's a great stance to take. Um, too, too often, you know, people are trying to dress to impress, so to speak, and kind of put that best foot forward, put on a show, and, you know, I don't want to uh, not necessarily upset the other person, but I don't want to do something that they're not going to like in a sense like you mentioned if they're a little standoffish or a little shy about the career choices or your background or where you're headed okay then maybe it's not a good fit instead of well they're a little unsure about this but you know I can change or I can like you've mentioned do what I need to do to fit your mold so that's that's really good that's a um, good on you for you know staying firm on that Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I can't change it. And honestly, I don't want to. But I think it's I, w- I want to be with a person that is willing to just accept who I am and what I've chosen to do and values it because I find it very valuable. And I would hope that that person does, too. Well, heck yeah. I mean, you're flying a big tin can that pushes people out the back of it and equipment. That's pretty valuable. Who wouldn't love that? (laughs) Yeah. And I wouldn't jump out. I'd go down with the plane. Um, But, you know, it's not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I'd jump out without a parachute. That would make me very sad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It just depends on how high up you are. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Well, we definitely... um, uh, appreciate you sharing with us. Uh, we have, uh, if you didn't hear already, Anna on the program. And she is uh, JT and Drew's most eligible bachelorette affiliate link below. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we will, you know, text the show, email the show, and we'll send you her info. No, um, I sure won't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks, JT. <laughs> I got you back, bud. You've got one loyal friend there. Anna's the real McCoy, man. You know, she's humble. She's super sweet at work. You know, you just can't, you can't get a better person than Anna. So when the opportunity came up to, uh, Hey, let's get a, you know, one of the female pilots up here and do the show. Anna was the first one on the list. Hey, hopefully she'll not think that you're crazy enough and actually do the show. Yeah. Primarily. I I initially thought, She's probably the one that would judge me the least. <laughs> well, I'm really grateful that you offered it to be and thought of me. Yeah, and we definitely appreciate you sharing. Um, you know, there's lots of folks out there that they don't know what they don't know. And, you know, we live in a uh, age of technology and you can go online and find out all kinds of stuff about ROTC or about pilot training or this or that. But it's hard when you have questions that aren't answered there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be able to to hear from somebody who's gone through that and walked those steps, you know, it, it can be very valuable. It can be very valuable. And also, along with the technology and whatnot, there's a lot of bad information out there. 
So, yep. Absolutely. Well, if someone listens to this and needs, you know, more advice or more insight, obviously they reach out to you, you can put them in contact with me. I'd be more than happy to. That's definitely part of it. Yeah. If you, if you could give somebody out there who's listening, male, female, um, any piece of advice, you know, Hey, I listened, I, I was really intrigued by what she said, how she kind of went from, you know, high school, college, ROTC pilot. What advice would you give them? Somebody that, that might just have an inkling of an interest, how to be successful or make those choices. So I found in this journey that I had to have a support network, um, whether that was my friends encouraging me along the way, my classmates helping me study, my parents being there when you know I thought I wasn't doing well and I didn't see you know, myself, I wasn't viewing myself the way, you know, they were trying to encourage me to be. I was like, oh, I'm failing at this. I'm not, you know, make, I'm not doing as well as I thought I would be doing. And they'd be like, you know, take it day by day, keep trying. Um, And then, you know, my instructors that, you know, and I went to them and I said, I don't understand this. Can I, can you explain this to me again? Can we sit down and go over this general knowledge or this system or how this process works because I'm building this picture in my brain on how to get through this program or how to achieve, you know, the goal I'm trying to reach, um, that I couldn't do it in isolation and, you know, putting all of that weight on yourself can be really hard. And my advice was, would be to get support to ask for that help to realize like you don't know everything and that's okay. It's part of the process and doing it step by step and day by day because like you're going to fail some days and some days you're going to feel like quitting and some days you're going to feel, you know, on top of the world and like you couldn't imagine doing something different, but I would not have been able to do it without a support network. And so having that, is really important and if you don't have that that's not to say you can't do it but hopefully you know your classmates and the community like the pilot training community they want you to be there they want to help you they want to train you they want to make sure you know you're safe you have sound judgment and you're able to accomplish the missions that will be set in front of you so don't feel like if you're like oh I don't have the best of friends or my family doesn't really isn't really into this they don't really understand what I'm going through there will be people along the way and so making those connections I think sustained me and so that's what I would say to people to not think you have to do it alone that there will be people along the way that will help you get to where you're trying to go yeah that's awesome that's that's very important uh, having that that, support um, system support system yep exactly yeah and like you said you know even if you don't have family or don't have supportive family you you learn at least what i've picked up on again at the office 
and through some of my experiences from being uh, active was you you make family mm-hmm. you know with those around you you really do and it's really really unique and really wonderful I'm going to bring up one thing that you said um, during all of this was that you actually went to your instructors and asked for help with certain things. Um, That takes a lot of courage to willingly put out there, I'm not understanding this, which is then telling people I'm not smart, which is really hard for a lot of people. Um, So you've got to have that courage in order to, to be able to succeed. And again, just as Anna said, the support system, the people that are in your class, your instructors, other people around you, for the enlisted guys, your MTLs, going through tech school, you know, all those people are still there. They're there. They want you to succeed because the paperwork on trying to get you out is worse than the paperwork pushing you forward. <laughs> well, not to mention, you're essentially taking someone else's spot. You know, the machine has to keep running. Exactly. So they want to make sure you're set up for success. I don't think anybody wants to deliberately push you through just to have you fail and and like you said the, the paperwork would be astronomical at that point. Yeah. I much. definitely subscribe to the mindset of if I don't know it and I'm not confident in it, that's what I need to focus on. And so it does take courage or you know willing to say like hey, I'm not uh, where I want to be. I'm not as sharp as I need to be in this area. And if you do that and continue to do that, you will end up getting to where you're trying to go because I mean, it's just a focused effort at that point in time. And you're right. The paperwork, my goodness, <laughs> ask for the help. <laughs> yeah. You really gotta, you really got to set your pride aside. You do. Um, unfortunately for me, I'm more of a push all the buttons and click 20 times till it unfreezes and it, it never unfreezes. So then I have to restart it and then I do the same thing and then I'm in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third time I think, well, I'll just push it 19 times and then I'm there again. <coughs> yeah. Where I'm as more of a, how do I solve it myself without before I, well, before I go at somebody. So, yeah, I do and if often try oftentimes try to solve it myself first and then sometimes I just need I need some guidance and so I yeah. try to find someone I trust and do it that way. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to go on the line. Sometimes uh, you know, when you go on the line and you go to the Google machine, the answers are out there. Okay, well, I the mean, Google I'm machine sure doesn't have like all the answers. Where to put the keys to turn the airplane on and which switch does the the AC and all that stuff. I'm sure that's on Google. Absolutely. And you're not logging in with your CAC, okay? It's honestly just a YouTube video. It's basically pilot training. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Well, Anna, uh, thanks for coming to the show. We really appreciate you. Yep. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. I always enjoy catching up with you, too. I appreciate that more than JT. All right, bud. Well, that'll do it. Thanks for, again, unlocking the door and letting me in today. Oh, that's right. I did unlock the door for you. Dang it. Lock it on the way out. (laughs) As always, we'd like to say thank you for stopping by and listening to the podcast. Yeah, we realized that uh, you could have been doing anything 
uh, way more productive, but you chose to waste your time with us. We look forward to talking about absolutely nothing with you next time. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, please email us at JT and Drew Show at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash JT Drew Show.